to the Church in Gulliver podcast. I am your host, Jedediah, and I'm Newton, the co-host. So today, as we looked at last week on the question of the gospel changing everything, we looked at what is not the gospel, and we looked at what is the gospel. Uh, the common misconceptions coupled with the true reality of what the gospel is gave us a background into today's episode. Mm-hmm. So today's episode um, comes to you from the book of Acts. Mm-hmm. And from the book of Acts in chapter number two, in verse number 37. And this is after Peter has been preaching. And so Luke writes this is, Now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? Mm. And that's exactly what we're going to be looking into today. How do you respond to the gospel? Mm. Brothers, what should you do? And it's it's the implication of the gospel because the gospel is not a static message. It's a message that always begs an answer. Mm -hmm. Whether audible or inaudible, the gospel will always beg for an answer. And so today in our episode, we will be talking about how do we respond to the gospel? Mm. Newton, you want to start us off? Yeah, that's a very important uh, question, Jelly. So yeah, how do we respond to the gospel? This good news of Jesus Christ, crucified, risen, and exalted. Mm. The answer is best expressed by two words, mm-hmm. turning and trusting. Or in biblical language, repentance and uh, faith. In Acts chapter number 20, mm. verse 21, how does... Our purpose today says, uh, was testifying both to Jews and to Greeks of repentance toward God and of faith in our Lord Jesus uh, Christ. So, first, looking at uh, repentance, which is turning from sin. To repent is to change one's mind, it's actually to turn from one direction to the opposite. Uh, a direction. That's what actually our repentance is uh, about. So we are all rebe- uh, we are all by our nature are rebellious. I believe we talked about this in our previous episode that uh, we're people that were uh, deity. So again, repentance always involves both turning from and turning to. Uh, scripture uh, speaks of turning from idols and turning from Satan, turning from sins, and turning from uh, darkness. I like First uh, Thessalonians uh, chapter 1, verse 9. It says, the Thessalonians, they turned from, what did turn from? From their idols to serve the living God. So repentance also means turning to light and to God himself. Repentance, furthermore, is not a one-time event. Hope that doesn't confuse, because we have said repentance is not necessarily uh, the gospel, but it is a response of the gospel. But I believe what uh, Martin Luther said in his 95 Theses, he said this, when our Lord and Master Jesus Christ said, repent, he called for the entire life of believers to be one of penitence. So in other words, how do we respond to the gospel is we turn, that is, we repent of our sins, but repentance should characterize 
believers. Mm. So we are saying, you don't just turn, you keep turning. Yeah, it's not like once turn. Yes. It's like once turn and then continue to turn. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. So because Christians still do what? Sin. Sin. So, yeah. So there is an aspect where we need to be turning from sin, but there's also an element of our faith. Mm. Not just repentance, but faith. That means trusting in Christ and Christ alone, right? Mm. So the flip side of repentance is our faith. Faith involves trusting in Jesus Christ and relying on what he has accomplished for us, right? So it's trusting not in your goodness. How does Paul put it? He says, uh, Paul was a Pharisee, remember? Philippians 3. He said, the Pharisee of Pharisees, he was trying to say, if there was anybody else who should have been saved by observing the law, he said, I am on top. Nobody actually was uh, as strict as I was. But Paul actually came to realize that, you know what, it's not about what I do. It's simply trusting what somebody else has done. That is simply trusting in what Jesus Christ has uh, done. And I think uh, this is what uh, makes most of us to be confused because of, you know, self-righteousness. But I think what is important, we should always remember that faith and repentance belong together, right? Genuine faith is always repentant faith. Genuine faith is always repentant faith. And true, true repentance is always a believing uh, repentance. So you cannot uh, separate actually uh, uh, the two. So again, many times uh, people always uh, confuse the response to the gospel, sometimes with the gospel itself. It's a response. It's not the gospel. It's not the gospel itself, yes. And so even, <clears throat> even as you're speaking, Newton, uh, some of the things that are the misconceptions continuing from last week, mm-hmm. you need to fear God is not the gospel. No. It is an implication Correct. of the gospel. Yes. Um, you need to stop going to church. Is not the gospel. It's not a gospel. It's an implication. Implication of, of the, the gospel. gospel. Yes. And saying your testimony to someone is not the gospel. It's an implication. Implication of, of the, the gospel. gospel. It's yes. what happens when mm-hmm. you've been saved. You, you tell people your testimony. You yeah. do go to church. Mm-hmm. You do fear God. You do pray for other people for their salvation. Exactly. Not that your prayer has the power to save anyone, no. but your prayer is a contributing reality to God saving them. Amen. And I think that's important. We have to understand implications might look like the gospel, but, but they, they are, are not the gospel. Yes. So two realities on how you respond to the gospel. You are turning from sin and you are trusting in Christ. Now, these are two broad aspects of what the response should look like. Mm-hmm. Now, let's jump into sort of like a different angle of salvation. Sure. Salvation is basically being saved by Christ. Mm-hmm. What are the fruits of salvation? How can you tell? Because I think when you come to, we are, I think when you look around our country and around our friends, mm-hmm. you hear people easily say, oh yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm saved. Mm-hmm. And because... We, are, we have been churched all our lives. It's easy to be the parrot that recites turning and trusting, turning and trusting. But 
if we just simply ended at confessing to have turned and trusted, mm. it would be difficult to actually tell who's a Christian and who's not. Yes. So what are some of the fruits of salvation? I think Romans uh, 5 and following helps us uh, mm. as we're discussing. Yeah, Romans 5 talks about, uh, it says, therefore, now, Paul here is uh, just coming from talking about uh, justification, the illustration of uh, uh, justification. Now, chapter 5 says, therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, Mm. through whom we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand and we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Mm. And after this, in chapter 6, now he begins to look at uh, what does that actually uh, uh, look like. And I think one of those, those uh, uh, fruits is we have a different relationship with sin. Mm-hmm. A different relationship with sin. How does Paul uh, put it? Verse, uh, Romans chapter 6, uh, verse uh, 13. Do not present your members to sin as instruments for unrighteousness, but Present yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life, life. and your members to God as instruments for righteousness. Mm-hmm. So it says, do not. The reason why it says do not is pre- pretty much because we, that's what we used to do, right? Yeah, that's, that's, that was our normal way of living. Yes. We were presenting our members to sin as instruments for righteousness. So now that we have turned from sin, or oh, we keep turning, right? Yeah, Remember, we keep turning. Yeah. So we need to be able to, again, realize we have a new relationship with uh, our sin. We are no longer friends with uh, our sin. And I think what you what you like to say, uh, and I always find this very interesting when you say it, we do not even flirt with sin. Yes. And some, we're not dating. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we're not married. But we don't <laughs> even flirt mm-hmm. with sin. You, yes. you, you don't even go around to say, oh, yeah, hi, sin, how are you doing? Yeah. You know, we, we have a different relationship. In fact, it's not a tolerance relationship. It's a hate relationship. Exactly. We're going to war. We're going to fight sin. And yes. this is what John <clears throat> Owen likes to say. He says, be killing sin or sin will we'll be, be killing, killing you. Yes. And so in every Christian's life, in every person who's claiming to have mm-hmm. turned and trusted, yes. hatred is a way of life. Mm-hmm. Not to hate other people, but to hate sin. sin. Exactly. Because we've been saved from the penalty of sin, right? Yes. But now we are being saved from the practice of sin. So that means sin is still waging war Whoa. in us. Yeah. So it does not mean if you're a Christian, you won't have to be repenting still of your uh, sin. So there's still a war that is waging. But what makes it a difference with somebody whose sin has been forgiven is that uh, I believe it is First uh, John 3 that says, if one is in Christ, he does not sin. Mm-hmm. I always get confused. Yes. He does not sin. But the point is, does not continue to practice our sin. So mm-hmm. in other words, Christians sin, but they should sin less. Yep. They're not <laughs> sinless, but they should, should sin less. You have to think of it in terms of saying an act does not always necessitate a practice. Yes. I can score one football goal, but I am not a practicing footballer. Yes. And and so it's the same reality of saying we do sin, 
but we do not make a practice of exactly we, we do not make it a pattern of our lives mm-hmm. we do not model our lives to say oh yeah i think this is this is my this is just my sin yeah that that's not the perspective that the bible is teaching mm-hmm. us mm-hmm. and another reality of this and i think more relevant to our times is that one of the fruits of salvation is a different relationship with people yes and that's primarily i think sometimes we we start to get into this bubble of saying i'm saved people don't matter people do matter mm-hmm. not adding to your salvation but they matter in your practice of salvation yes and so one area of this would be forgiveness you know? mm-hmm. and you, you want to jump on that especially just looking at Ephesians chapter 4 yes and what Paul is teaching concerning the different relationships that arise from mm-hmm. people who have been saved mm-hmm. and people who have been changed yes so Ephesians chapter 4 verse 32 yeah verse Go 32 mhm Paul is saying here be kind to one another tender-hearted forgiving one another as God in Christ forgive you. Mm. And I think it's important because even the previous passage uh the previous page the previous verses of this chapter are also looking at an interpersonal kind of relationship where the gospel changes how people relate to one another. Yes. And so I'm just going to start in verse 25 it says therefore having put away falsehood let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor. Mm-hmm. For we are members of one another. 26 be angry and do not sin do not let the sun go down on your anger. Verse 27 give no opportunity to the devil verse mm. 28 let the thief and i find this verse very interesting it says <laughs> let the thief steal no longer mm-hmm. but rather let him labor doing honest work with yes. his own hands mm. and this is very important mm-hmm. so that he may have something to share with anyone in need mm-hmm. you understand how paul is going very interpersonal with this he's he's not saying this christian is existing in a bubble he's saying the conversations will change how mm. you earn money will change from mm-hmm. verse 29 let no corrupting talk come out of your mouth but only such is good for building up as fits mm. the occasion that it may give grace to those who hear mm. and this is very important because the gospel changes what everything everything it changes how we relate with one another and so we have to understand this dynamic that one of the fruits of salvation is how we actually behave in human relationships. Hmm. It has an impact. It has an influence. The gospel comes out in forgiveness in how we forgive others because hmm. we have been forgiven much. Wow. In fact, we've been forgiven, I would say, a cosmic level of infinite sin. That's hmm. a lot. That's a lot. And we we have we have this grace to forgive other people. Would, that, would you say that's an implication of the gospel? That's an implication of the gospel. Hmm. Ephesians 4 is an implication of the gospel. Wow. It's it's very important that we have to understand to look at our own lives. Mm-hmm. We're not saying we're going to sit here and start looking at our neighbor and saying is he showing fruit. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh-huh. we have not become the gospel police, mm-hmm. but we're becoming gospel police for our own hearts. Yeah. Our own souls. Our everyday living, our everyday interactions and how we deal with our neighbor. Mm. Because if the gospel does not implicate how we treat our neighbors, mm-hmm. are we truly saved? So does the gospel speak to my anger? Let's say I am struggling with a brother or a sister. Mm-hmm. So is the gospel also addressing uh, that? It, it is. Mm. If Ephesians chapter 4 just talks about a Christian, it's not specific to say, oh, this anger was caused by so and so. Just saying mm. anger to any person. Wow. 
And so the gospel is speaking into, into our very lives that we would live different. Mm. We would see things different. And it's that difference that gives us a joy in understanding what well, the gospel is actually working in my heart. So what if a brother said, but this is how I am. I'm just angry. And you also read, therefore, having in Ephesians 4.25, mm-hmm. therefore, having put away falsehood, mm-hmm. let each one of you speak the truth mm-hmm. with his neighbor. Mm-hmm. So there are some people who just say, but me, I'm just blunt. I just tell it as it is. I think the gospel says, you can actually say it as it is, but do it in love, right? In love. You, you, you do it in love. Even, I think, the, the rest of the passage in 29, mm-hmm. it says that, but only that which is good for building up others, as mm. fits the occasion. So even if you are angry, mm-hmm. you could do it for the good of others to build them up, as mm. fits the occasion. Wow. It is possible to express anger without being violent. Mm. Often we just choose to be violent. Yes. So we can be, we can be able to access righteous anger. Mm-hmm. Someone says, "Yeah, there is such a thing as righteous anger," but I'm told it's rare. We very, very rare. <laughs> it is very rare. We rarely practice it, mm. and we should be those who are able to cultivate such a thing because it's made possible by what? The gospel. The gospel. Wow. Man, this gospel it changes everything. everything. Because even vested one says, let all bitterness mm. and wrath and mm. anger and clamor and slander be put away, away from you along with all malice. Mm. So if we apply the gospel to ourselves, reminding ourselves we've been forgiven, this should change our relationships. It should change how we live our lives. So how do you think we're doing as individuals, as a church? How is the gospel being applied? I think the gospel is being applied in our relationships. It could be better. Could be better. But the joy of this is, you know, as as we look in our fame, favorite book. Yes. Our favorite book in the Bible, because, you know, Pastor Newton spent years in it, became Philippians. <laughs> <laughs> so in our favorite book in the Bible, in the book of Philippians, we see what we, what we should be striving for in terms of how the gospel is looking like. Mm. And this is Philippians chapter 2, verse 12. And this is our disposition. Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, so now not only in my presence, but much more in my absence, work out your mm. salvation with fear mm. and trembling. Mm. For And this is very important. When the Christian is tired and worn down by their inability to properly practice the gospel, mm. we can stand on this passage with confidence to say, for it is God who works in you, mm. both to will and, and to, to work. work. For his good pleasure. Mm. And so how are we doing with this in terms of applying the gospel to our lives? How are we striving towards this? And it's important that we work out our own salvation with fear and with trembling. I think the reason why Paul uses those words is to understand the intensity Mm -hmm. that working to, to like work out your salvation is a lot of work. It is work. It's it's perspiring. Agonizing work. It's, it's agony. Yep. The mm-hmm. the right word for for those who are scholars is agonizomai. Okay. What's that? To agonize. To agonize. Wow. To strive. Hmm. So it's not an easy job. Sweat. Holy sweat. It's ho- yeah, holy sweat. Wow, that's a very <laughs> that's a new one. It's it's holy sweat mm. that we need to perspire 
but not on the basis of our works. And hence verse 13 exists there. Mm. For it is God who works in you both to will, even the wow. desire to do this work and to work it, even the sweat wow. is for his good pleasure. I can even say, I can even go home now. Yeah. It is God. This is so comforting. God. It, it is. It's, if it's, I think or you think it's, it's because of what you can do, man, that is very, it's going to worry us off. I think but it, it is God. It's important to remember if you have been saved by grace, you are sustained to be a Christian by the same. So grace. also grow by wow. It's not going to be works. I mean, works are important because yeah, the working out of your salvation mm. is holy sweat, mm. not not physical human sweat. Yes. But at the heart of it, it's His grace working mm. in us through us, and this is very interesting for us. For us. Wow. I always say Christianity is the most uh, rigged religion. Mm. God is working for us. For us. For our good. Wow. For our joy. And for his glory. This is beautiful. So how are we doing with the gospel? Uh, I, I believe you and me can answer that question individually, but I think also to the listener. Mm-hmm. It's a much more personal question than we could ever address. And it's a question that desires and begs for honesty. If indeed we are pursuing Christ. If indeed we, we do desire to commune dwell, rejoice, and honor God. Mm. How are you doing with the gospel? Did it end the day you confessed? Did it end the day you joined the church? Mm. Did it end when God gave you a job? Did it end when you had a child? Did it end when you found that relationship? Mm. Did it end when you got those likes on Twitter or Facebook? Mm. If the gospel ended there, was it really the gospel? gospel. Wow. This is so encouraging, brother. And it, it's it's at the heart of our faith. Mm. And so wow. please do do be able to tune in next time as we are going to be looking at something. You know, we, we, we promise that we won't be able to tell people everything we're going to be doing, mm-hmm. but we're going to be looking at something else next week. And we hope that you have been blessed. We, we encourage you to um, subscribe, comment on our church page. That's Reformation Bible Church. Malawi, mm-hmm. the Church in Port Gulliver podcast on Facebook. And please be able to reach out to us on other platforms that we're available. You can find me on Twitter at Jedediah Malawi. And yeah, let's not even ask Newton is not on Twitter. I'm leaving it to you, brother. But the joy is you can reach us, you can find us, you can contact us. Any questions, comments, contribution and additions would be very helpful. Mm-hmm. And so until next time, grace and peace to you. God bless.